Welcome to episode three of the Better With Running podcast. We've got a loaded episode today to keep you entertained on your run. Maybe you're in the kitchen or in the car or wherever you listen to us. I'm Zach Newman. I'm an aging runner, coach and co-founder of Run to PB. And I'm joined by my co-host, Matt Davey, the Strava crown hoarder of the Mornington Peninsula, marathoner, online coach and teacher. How are you, Matt? Yeah, I <laughs> uh, love it, mate. Yeah, that, um, yeah, I'm doing well, doing well. Um, yeah, I've actually been doing a bit of research on some of the crowns that you hold on Strava, and I think uh, I might have a few more targets in place. <laughs> yeah, that must have been a long... That was, a, was that a full day's research? I would have gone... Uh, <laughs> no, it's a few minutes, actually, yep. yep. <laughs> no, it's good to be back, and, and yeah, excited to get back amongst it, amongst yeah. it today. For sure. And I, I did, um, you know, that, that intro, I had to try and top yours from, from last week because I've, um, I've had a fair bit of positive reviews, um, surprisingly enough, from, from some of the listeners out there. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, in particular, I mean, to be honest, probably the, the, um, the positive reviews are, are really around the actual interviewees than, um, than us, <laughs> um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. which is, yeah, which is probably standard. But um. <laughs> You've um, yeah, we keep that trend going with another big interview with um, with Steph Austin, the Queen of the Trails. So there, there's a lot to unearth there. She's been on the circuit for um, for quite a few years, and um, yeah, a lot of lot of learnings, no doubt. And um, I know you um, you had a good chat to her. How did that all go? Yeah, it was fantastic. Um, we were able to cover sort of many aspects of her life and, and her running journey. Um, yeah, really going into sort of the rise of her as being one of Australia's most credentialed ultra and, and trail runners. Um, if you look at her, her list of achievements, um, yeah, you, you need a, you need quite a bit of ink to print it out. Um, yeah. And we detailed the ins and outs of some of those, um, some of those specific performances. Um, also, yeah, went into her job as a, so her occupation as a physiotherapist in a hospital. Um, where in fact she even has been trained to work with COVID-19 patients. Um, thankfully she hasn't had to, um, to, to use those expertise yet. Um, but yeah, along with that, uh, talked a lot about her different aspects of her coaching um, and how she's really enjoying that experience. Yeah, nice. I'm looking forward to that. I mean, I'm, and we both probably attest to it. We're not um, we're not trail runners, and um, we're we're learning a lot about that sport through Steph. And you know, coming from a road background, it's it's always great to hear stories, um, you know, insights from that side of running as well. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, um, Matt, I know you're um, you're a bit of a uh, beefcake in the gym, um, and now with COVID, you can't actually get into the gym. Um, what are you doing around um, keeping up the rig? core and strength um can strength and conditioning i th- i think i saw something on instagram or um one of the social platforms where you converted the garage into some sort of f45 type setup um how's that all going for you i mean actually on that i think Gemma, your partner in crime um she was on um on our debut episode with an interview she joined the um the run culture online strength and conditioning program um mm-hmm. are you you looking to jump on that as well yeah yeah because i've um yeah I've, I've seen Gemma um 
um, yeah, I've, I've heard um, Dane's voice in the background there um, and heard her talk about how the exercises that she's been doing, like um, the, the new exercises that Dane's been showing her, um, have improved her functionality and, and it's really been targeting different muscle groups that haven't been targeted before. Um, and because I find, uh, yeah, and, I, and I'm really keen to get on board. Um, and the main thing is that I sort of have a set routine, um, like, yeah, having converted the garage into an F45 type setup, um, I have a bit of a set routine of the specific exercises that I do. Um, and I don't sort of branch out much from that routine, but, um, yeah, from the feedback from Gemma, um, about these videos is that it's targeting, um, you bet many different exercises, um, and different muscle groups. And so the next day she might be a little bit sore because there's, you know, some muscles that she might not have used for, for a while. Um, that the danger really got her, got her activating. Uh, yeah. So I think it's really going to, well, it is really beneficial. And, and I've actually heard that, that you've signed up too. Yeah. Gemma guilted me in, uh, <laughs> seeing her. And then I, you know, obviously as a coach, I'm always prescribing, um, athletes to, to stay on their, um, their, you know, uh, core and their strength and conditioning. And I've always, you know, I, um, years ago, um, when I was training at a, probably at a high level, um, gym and, and core routines, they were, um, part of my, um, yeah, weekly routine. Um, but yeah, obviously without, um, I've sort of taken a foot off the pedal, I guess, in a way with, um, some of the sessions I've been doing and uh, some of the training I've been doing, but now with, um, working from home and more time around I was I really don't have an excuse around um skipping these um these one percenters and they're probably more than one percent um but these you know vital things that keep the body going um as a runner and um yeah I jumped on and, and Dane's um and, and we've obviously um touched on Dane a few times in in uh, the podcast and we will we'll, we'll get him on at some point has um he's had a big impact on my running over the years as a as a physio and as uh, yeah obviously as a mate as well but um from a physio standpoint um i've worked with him for a good part of the last 10 years um battling some injuries and coming back um you know through rehab and through a lot of the exercises that he's prescribed has um has really got me going again so um yeah you're in great hands um with dane and um yeah he's, you know, i'm in the spare room and i chuck the laptop top on the um on the floor and uh yeah get into it and it's um it's really challenging for me because i i have neglected it so i'm uh kind of going through the um finding a few <laughs> few new muscles again and uh yeah it's good fun yeah i think it's the and, and the best part of like the online course is the convenience like you're saying there um you can do it basically anywhere at home the convenience and then the flexibility of doing it as well so it allows you to work around sort of family life and, and work itself. Um, and you can also go at the pace that you want to go at uh, rather than having to, you know, drive to a gym and, and get that done. Um, it gives you that a lot more flexibility and that's obviously what you're finding. Yeah, no, it is. Uh, I, I really do recommend it for, um, for runners out there that are looking because it is easy to jump online and you can, um, you can search and you can YouTube and you can find um, websites offering this and, and every, every man and dog on, online is now um, is doing online you know, strength mm. courses. And all that. But, you know, I, I feel comfortable with Dane's, um, with the Run Culture program, knowing that it is targeted just for runners um, 
and yeah, with his knowledge, being a two twenty three guy, is he? Maybe he's a two twenty two marathon. Two twenty two, I think. Yeah, you yeah, stitched I'll, him up. Yeah, I'll cop a message later about Ooh, that. I'm no it. doubt. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's 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 um it's really good to um to work alongside him in that virtual virtual sort of format. Yep, absolutely. Just on maintenance, um, it's you know as we talked about gyms being closed and and um you know all the restrictions in place. One of those things is um, maintenance uh, with is massage and a big part of maintenance is um, not being able to get to your regular um, massage therapist or myotherapist. And I, um, I, it got me thinking and I'm in, uh, in contact with Alan Shields regularly as a, as a mate and also as a, as a myotherapist. And I was chatting to him about um, the industry and um, I thought, you know, it would be a good chance to, um, to give the listeners a bit of an insight into maybe some ways that they can do some self-massage um, because right now, yeah, the majority of places are, are closed. Um, you know, I think the restrictions are in place that they can't actually open. So um, he's got some great tips and um, yeah, I caught up with him and um, yeah, we'll, we'll cut to that now. Awesome. Sweet. <laughs> uh, rum, <laughs> rambled. Alan Shields, uh, welcome to the Better With Running podcast. Thanks for taking your time and coming on the show. No worries, mate. Good to catch up and have a chat with you. Yeah, always good to hear from you, Alan. Um, so, yeah, just to just so the listeners, I've actually known Alan for, for a number of years. Um, personally, um, obviously grew up out, um, out east together and we, um, we met in the junior running days at, um, at Ringwood Athletics Club. And uh, I think first time I met him and went for a run, I... Probably couldn't understand a word he said, but uh, you'll hear that through the thick uh, Scottish accent that he's got. Um, but yeah, Alan's, um, you've always been a runner, Alan? Yeah, since um, like first year of high school in Scotland. Just had a road run now that was compulsory. Came second in that and then got asked to go join the ro- local running club. So then, yeah, started running back then. Yeah, it's a pretty good club, actually. They're like Scottish champions for about 10 years in a row. Used to win a lot of national team medals and stuff. So, yeah, I've been running since I was about 12, 13. Fantastic. Yeah, and then obviously um, now your role, you're still involved as a runner yourself, but um, you've also been able to combine your your passion for running as a, as a career as well. So you're now a, a myotherapist. Um Tell us about that. You're um, based out in um, in Croydon, aren't you? Yeah, just I'm based out of Fry Sports Medicine in Croydon. So yeah, I've been doing. Uh, first off, I started with sports massage, then remedial massage, and then progressed on to myotherapy. But um, yeah, first got into that uh, probably about 2001. I'd got injured myself, and then I was getting a few treatments and like got me over my injuries so it really piqued my interest to learn a bit more about the body and work out how I could help people how I'd been helped myself so yeah then it became a bit of a passion for me and doesn't really feel like work it's just I love helping people get over injuries and achieve their goals and stuff if they're running so it's a good job to have. And um, I see you've also, you've done a bit of work across a wide range of athletes from elite to, to local level. Um, 
AFL club. Was he, we at Richmond for a little while? He did some work there. Um, local yeah, that Richmond with good twenty years ago now, but yeah, yeah. it was good experience just working with elite athletes. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, local, you played soccer, so local soccer clubs, Murrubark uh, Soccer Club, Halesville, and then back at the uh, Ringwood Athletics Club, helping out um, with some of their athletes. Yeah, yeah, fucking like my old training partners and stuff. Yeah, awesome. And then um, sporting events, Melbourne Marathon, Run Melbourne. I mean, Melbourne's got a lot of events. So you've been part of the, some of the major um, fun runs there. Stall Gift, um, World Masters Games. That must have been – was that in Melbourne, was it? Yeah, I was in Melbourne. Yeah, that was probably oh, a long time ago now, maybe about 18 years ago. Yeah. It was a good experience as well. Yeah, awesome. So you've had experience across um, – yeah – from grassroots, um, you know, local clubs right through the elite end. Um, and I yeah. wanted to get you on today because, um, you know, as a massage, as a myo and massage therapist, um, there's, the, you know, the world's affected by COVID and, and your industry in particular. And um, how are you going with all that? So I imagine you know, social distancing with, and with massages is a, is a, tough, uh, it's a tough combination. Um, what where are things at at the moment so at, at the moment i've actually stopped my practice so i haven't worked for the last few weeks there's been um a lot of conflicting messages because there's a few different associations so one minute they're saying you can treat then next minute you can't treat but they're also saying that you should be treating while following social distancing guidelines so makes it a bit difficult when you've pretty much got your hands on someone to stay one and a half meters apart. So I just made the decision so this all clears up to um yeah just stop for the moment. Sure. So um runners and I guess part of um why I wanted to have a chat today because there's a lot of runners who are probably used to getting massages, used to getting treatment. Um, and you know, they're still running. I'm seeing actually more people out running at the moment. Um, so for runners that are, you know, now in this position, what are some of the things they can be doing right now or before runs and to keep things ticking over without massage? So, um, some of the things they could be looking at doing is, um, their activation exercises, so making sure they're doing their glute strengthening work, like calf raises, um, post running, like going for a walk, like after, like later on in the afternoon. You can be doing some foam rolling, self massage with like a lacrosse ball as well. Um, just, yeah, if you don't have like things like rollers and stuff, you know, you can always use things like a rolling pin or a tin of beans and stuff, like. You don't actually have to have all the gear to still be able to do some work to help yeah. look after your body. And with the foam rolling, would you recommend um, before or after or both? I'd probably, like I'd probably look at foam rolling more as after you've done your session. Mm -hmm. So like before you go to bed at night, spend 20 minutes, you know, going through a foam rolling routine and even some stretching just to get the body ready for the next day's training. Cool. And I know um, some of these things are visual. So we've got, we're, we're going to share the link around um, that you've got um, an Instagram page, uh, the Running Myotherapist 
um, where you'll have some videos on, you know, some foam rolling techniques and, and a bit of a routine that some people can follow. So I think that'll be really handy in these times. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to put, put together a few videos of some foam rolling, some activation exercises that people can be doing. Awesome. And then also, you know, even with more people being at home and working from home, like they might not necessarily be sore just from running out, could be from sitting at a desk all day. So, yeah, some tips for that. It's like making sure you got your setup properly. So you want to have your computer screen at like eye level, sitting up straight, then taking regular breaks. So maybe every half hour, just get up and move around and have a little bit of a stretch and then get back on the computer again. Because last thing you want to be doing is sitting for six hours in one spot. So yeah, pretty much movements medicine. So get up, move around and be active. Yeah, no, that's great advice because, yeah, a lot of people are, um, you know, they're not, they're, they're getting out of bed and going maybe straight into the home office or sitting in a uh, different area. I know I'm, I'm camped out on the kitchen table. So it's, yeah, you, you've really got to be careful with, I guess, um, that new setup and making sure you're, um, yeah, like you said, getting out and moving and doing all the rest of it. Yeah. But, um, no, that's awesome, Al, and um, appreciate you coming on just to give us a quick insight into, you know, what, what can be done in these times um, without massage because it's really, obviously, it's really an important part of a lot of um, runners' um, weeks or routines or, um, yeah, so really appreciate you coming on. No worries at all. If you found that interesting, you can follow Alan on the socials. He's um, the running myotherapist if you search for him on Instagram. And um, we're going to chuck up on the um, run to pb socials a link for that. Um, so, yeah, he's got a couple of little videos on there. And, um, yeah, more than um, you, can, you can tag him in um, or you send him a message, a direct message, and I'm sure he'll come back to you and uh, give you some, some extra tips. Yeah, I reckon I'll be getting the uh, foam roller out when I watch the next episode of Bozark tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Matt, we've been promoting the um, the workout of the week, the run to PB workout of the week, um, where you know coaches who are on a, a personalised program have been um, set uh, this this weekly workout that um, we're going through the whole um, gamut of coaches. And this week, your name popped up in a lot of the um, programs as uh, the mattress fart leg. You want to talk us through that one? Yeah, yeah, it's probably been done, I don't know, a few times. I think it's actually my sort of fart leg, but uh, (laughs) just for convenience sakes, I guess, when we were setting the program, made it a lot easier. Um, So, yeah, I guess the, the idea behind the workout was that I really wanted to incorporate a mix of sort of longer reps at around 10K pace. Uh, mixed with some shorter reps at around 5k pace in you know that sort of fartlek form where you've got the faster portions intertwined with some some steady running in between um and so i really find like that the pace range between your 5k and 10k it doesn't vary so vary so much but the effort in between them is is quite noticeable so um i like to like give that example of sort of a 20 minute 5k runner um, obviously they're going to average around four minutes per K for that 5k distance and for their 10k I guess they're approximately going to be running around 410 so you know you've got, you've got a 10 seconds per K difference there but in terms of the effort 
um, to go down to that faster pace, it can be quite noticeable. So I really wanted to give that sort of, um, give that, and, and I don't know if you, you find this yourself, um, give that change in a pace because during a lot of the fartleks I do, I, you know, I'll set out and I'll, you know, I might hit say, I don't know, 315 pace for the first rep and I'll try to keep consistent at that pace for the reps. Um, now, obviously there's nothing wrong with that. And I see a lot of my athletes do it and yeah, there's, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that, but I did just want to mix it up a little bit, maybe change that stimulus slightly and, and incorporate some specific changes of gears um, between the efforts themselves. So really targeting mentally and mentally and physically um, to put you into a position where you really have to focus hard on changing pace and controlling the effort because you don't want to, you know, go out too hard and, and um, you know, blow the doors off and then you can't finish the session and keep that quality in there. Um, so for the session itself, um, I have put down the harder sections as being four minutes on. So four minutes, then one minute, three minutes, then one minute, two minutes, then one minute. So basically going four, one, three, one, two, one. So with all those longer reps at 10K pace and descending in time and all the one minute reps at 5K pace. Um, so I basically then set the steady portions in between the reps to allow pretty much just enough recovery, I feel, to still hit the designated faster portions. So after the um, four minutes and three minute reps, you have two minutes of steady running and everything else is just one minute between, um, between four, the rest sections. Um, and equating then to a total time of the 20 minutes. Um, and so, yeah, that's obviously um, the same total time as, you know, your, your stable monofartlek and, and your, also your DDK fartlek. Um, and I feel that 20 minutes is enough time to get that really solid workout in without too much risk of overcooking it. Mm. Um, and it's also very easy to fit into a working day. So, you know, if you warming up 10 to 20 minutes, warming down 10 to 20 minutes with a 20 minute session, you know, you've, you've finished your, your run between, you know, um, I don't know, 45 to, to 70 minutes, you're, you're in and then you're done. Um, so I think it's really good for someone that's going to be, you know, um, have a, having a working day, not having the luxury of just um, the rest of the day to, to chill out and drink coffee. So um, yeah, so that that's the session. And I really wanted to put, the challenge to you, Zaka. Um, so on Tuesday, I uh, did the session and managed to get a total distance of 6.06 kilometers. Um, and what I found was I hit the 5K reps at around 305 pace, around 315 pace for the 10K, um, the 10K pace, and you know, around 330-ish average for the steady floats. Um, so yeah, I'm wondering, Zaka. I think you're planning on doing it tomorrow. And just checking to see if your rusty pins might be able to match that. <laughs> I yeah, no, I appreciate that, Matt. Um, I don't actually follow you on Strava, so I didn't realise you'd uh, done that. I've only just heard about a few of your your workouts through the grapevine, so you have to probably run a bit faster before I give you a follow. Oh, um, fair <laughs> no, but um, yeah, I'm actually really looking forward to this session because um, yeah, I I did a uh, pickup run on uh, last night on Thursday. And uh, yeah, I'll taper 
heavily for this one. <laughs> um, no, as a workout though, I, I like the, there's, there's a few elements that I like about it. One of them is the, um, that, that 20 minutes seems to be a good range because like you mentioned, a lot of fart leagues are around that, but I think it's a versatile um, session, you know, from 5k through the marathon. That 20 yep. minutes just, it allows you to um, get, get into the hurt locker, but um, not, absolutely um bury yourself that it's a long um session that you come away from it really fatigued um and you can dial in on those paces um and keep concentration i think up um mm. yeah and the floats um how do you go about sort of attacking the floats or like because I, I suggest you can do this um a few different ways in terms of um how i mean this this way you've um sort of set paces where it's at 5k 10k effort um so the floats would you sort of be looking at almost your half marathon or um 15k sort of effort or how would you yeah, manage for, those floats yeah so for this one and it's a little bit different than your monofart like where you've got the exact same um uh, sections that you float as your hard reps whereas this one you are going for a bit longer um mm. so out of the 20 minutes you've got that 12 minutes of, um, of harder effort. So I'd be actually taking back those floats a little bit more to a steady pace. Um, so for instance, like my half marathon at the moment, you know, I'd maybe 320-ish would be my pace, but I was floating in sort of 330 to 340. Okay. Um, yeah, so I had to just take it back a little bit just because you've got, you don't have as much recovery sections where say for a monofart like i'd be looking at holding closer to half marathon pace because you've got less um less um harder efforts during 20 minutes itself gotcha yep now that makes sense um but yeah no i'm excited to give this one a crack it's been um obviously we had throwful um fart leg which was mm -hmm. um widely uh received online i see a lot of um a lot of people tagging him in which is um pretty good for his ego over there and um he's um, happy with that yeah the uh the king of the chook is pretty happy yep but, <laughs> but yeah um no it's great it's a good initiative and, and look it, it does um you know it's it's they are sessions they're not uh, i know we joke around about you know a bit of competitiveness but like at the end of the day um you know it's it's about where you are at with your running and um within the program mm. and um you know, keeping a lid on things um, and and getting getting sessions, um, you know, treating sessions as sessions, basically, not not racing yourself out of uh, into the well, I guess. Yeah, good point. Yep. Yeah. Hey, uh, Matt, I'm um, pretty keen to get rolling with um, the interview with Steph, um, and you touched on some of the the key aspects of that interview. Did you learn a fair bit about Steph in this interview? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yep. Um, like looking through her oh, um, her races at the list, the extensive list of races, um, and and talking about those, like yeah, it's so impressive um, what she's managed to achieve in um, in you know the last sort of six years, I guess when she's when she sort of took up the the training and, and moved into the trail running space. Um, yeah, so I, I did actually. <laughs> Um, yeah, I did, I did learn a lot about her and, and, and how strong she is, um, mentally, um, and sort of some of the ups and downs as well that, that she's had to work through and, and come out a lot stronger with, 
um, over her journey. Yeah. So it's okay. Sure. Yeah. Inspired now to inspired now to maybe look at the hundred K or something like that. <laughs> um, not quite yet. Not quite yet. Um, <laughs> Um, nah, uh, yeah, I don't know if my uh, if my body would be able to hold up to that. Yeah, I don't even drive that far, so you know, <laughs> I'll um, <laughs> I'll stick to just the fives and the tens and, and out to the marathon and the max. Yep, yep, agreed. Yeah, I think I might stick to that too. <laughs> cool. All right, let's get um, let's get this rolling. Actually, before we um, we proceed with that one, I wanted to thank everyone out there for the feedback we got. I know we had a bit of a, uh, bit of a joke earlier about it, but genuinely um, we're, we're overwhelmed with it because when we set out with this um, podcast idea, we, we really wanted to bring running stories together, bring on um, a whole range of, of athletes, um, not just elites. Um, and yeah, sort of work with, um, you know, work through various stories and topics. So yeah, um, please keep, um, you know, sending through any suggestions on the socials. Um, you can jump on our mm-hmm. website. There is a, a page about the podcast on um, run slash better with running. And um, yeah, there's a contact form if you want to, um, yes, maybe suggest any guests or um, any topics that you want to hear about it. But yeah, for now um, that's, that's all we have for you guys. Um, we'll pass you over to the interview with um, Steph. And good luck tomorrow, Zaka. Yeah, cheers, mate. Thanks. Hello, and welcome to another very exciting interview we have here on the Better With Running podcast. Today, we have one of the biggest names on the Australian trail and ultra running scene. Having taken on some of the most challenging and toughest events known to man and come away with suitcases full of trophies. Some of you may not know, but she has even had to make an extension onto her house to fit in all her newly won bling. Highly credentialed physiotherapist, Sapphire Coast runner, Park Run Marimbula director, esteemed Run to PB coach and Australian representative, Steph Austin, welcome to the show. <laughs> that was a very big intro. Hello. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> Thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, yes, I'm delighted to be here. So that, um, yeah, looking forward to a chat. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, I know there was a lot of things to uh, put in there and I didn't want to miss anything. So. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> All right, so I did a couple of things too. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't. No, definitely not. Um, so first, could you take us back to, to sort of where it all, all began? Like someone who you know, casually knocks out 100-kilometer races for breakfast, um, where do they first find their love for the, for the sport of running? Um, so, yeah, I guess I've always loved to be, um, to be outside and run around. I was like a barefoot bandit as a kid. I, um, I grew up in Lake Macquarie. We had two and a half acres. So we spent most of our time, me and my um, younger sister, just outside playing, um, exploring, lots of time on a trampoline and that kind of thing. And through, um, I guess, growing up, did like things like netball and touch footy and just all those different things until I think I was probably... 14 I just started I just always liked to run and did all right at cross country so was doing that and then I ended up um they picked me for this triathlon um team thing where they tried to um I guess try to because I was all right at running they're like oh you know we're trying to make you a triathlete so I guess from the age of like 14 or 15 I didn't do very much running (laughs) and did a lot of swimming and bike um as they um sort of tried to make me uh like a triathlete so um so all through my high school I sort of yeah I always ran but yeah did lots more I'm um, swimming and biking which 
looking back was very tough, but I think it probably <laughs> maybe explains why I can um why I do like the longer stuff because mm. the um yep. the hours you need to do for triathlon is just ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> it's much yep. much easier just to run. Um, Agreed. But, <laughs> yes, it's um and a lot more enjoyable too, and you don't get as cold. So it was um I think when I was at uni, I think maybe second year it started to get a bit intense with um called doing placements and things like that and like working sort of more normal hours and it's just too hard to fit in the training so I ended up transitioning away just to I guess my original love which was running I was um up in Tamworth too for a year so it's really 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 cold in the winter so like it really deters you trying to do any kind of swim or bike yep. so I sort of um, just went to running then and then I um and then I got a job down on the Sapphire Coast um when I finished my um physio degree um moved down here and everyone down here well not everyone down here but they started talking about these these trail runs and I'd never heard of any of them except the um six foot track but now all the runners around here are my um my good friends <laughs> and um I'm very lucky I think that I did move here but um yeah I guess my um my origins were just I like to be outside and I still like that now and I yep. running is a really nice way to be able to continue that so yeah well, absolutely it sounds like um down the Sapphire Coast is perfect for you with all those all the trails around yeah we're really lucky like we're right near the um the water as well as the um there's like like Gindabine's only I think two hours away so yeah. the options are um endless and um yeah the weather is usually pretty good too so it's not um doesn't get too extreme so very very lucky I never even heard of the Sapphire Coast until I got the job here <laughs> but now I've moved here I just like please like people should come visit because it's a gorgeous place to visit <laughs> yeah it is it is I've spent a bit of time um at Bermagui around oh, that area yes. very um, good Burmy yes yeah yeah, no, it's an amazing place to visit. So, and when did you move down there? What year? Uh, I think maybe 2014, 2015, I think. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, around about then. I just, I think my, like, our new grad position started in February. So, it would have been, like, I think January 2015, I yep. reckon. And so, then you, I was looking at the progression of your races. So, like, in 2016, you did your first 50-kilometre race um 2017 you did another 50 kilometer race with the along with the six foot track marathon um 2018 some more 50 kilometer races and then 2019 your first 100 kilometer race um yep and the obvious next step is 100 miles which i'm sure is uh is coming up soon well not soon soon but eventually in the next couple when of it years. can be yep. yeah <laughs> when it right. can be yep. Yep. um so yeah what what is it about those longer races that you find most most fascinating I think when I first moved here, I remember I went for my first, like I never trained really with anyone growing up, like apart from the triathlon stuff, but never done much running with anyone. But came down here and I met a couple of people and one of the fellas, his name was Steve, and he was like, yep, we do a like, long run on a Sunday. And it was like 18K and I was just shattered. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, like this is so far. And then they all started talking about ultra trail and all these different things. And I was like, what's that? <laughs> um, so I guess um, in this area, that was sort of like a thing that people were sort of getting into was the trail running because, and because there are so many nice trails around. Um, and then, yeah, I think I went to my first ever ultra trail um, Australia and I did the 22 K and yep. it was, um, it was amazing. Like I couldn't believe like I won the 22, but I like <laughs> walked up so many of the hills and I'm like, 
how can I be leading and walking? Like, this is ridiculous. Um, and the stairs, like, there's like a thousand stairs at the end. And that was, and I couldn't believe that people were doing 50 and then let alone 100 kilometers. <laughs> but I think um, the next one I did, I did, I did a surf coast, which was a 50k up. And it was, um, it was my first sort of longish one and it was oh it was so gorgeous where we ran and the I guess the thing with it is like just going for a like a long run on a Sunday with friends like you don't often Mm. like you're not usually on the river when you're going that far so you can sort of enjoy the scenery you can enjoy the experience a little bit so I am yeah I just I really do like the 40 to 50k distance because you can sort of go steady and not completely shatter yourself. Like 100K takes a long time to bounce back from. Oh, well, imagine. Yep. And like a half marathon just oh, beats you up. Like you just get so sore because you're like on the rivet. Well, yep. like a 50K trail is actually like quite a comfortable <laughs> because you um you don't go that like you go hard but not that hard and like the set like the terrain sort of makes it a bit easier on the body so um yeah I guess yeah I think I'm not sure what year it was but I did like heaps of 50ks that year and I think just because that was a bit of a sweet spot in terms of enjoyment and distance and being able to be competitive as well so yeah but yeah, you just get to run in beautiful places. The people are usually really, really friendly. Yeah, um, yep. good vibe. And yeah, and they're just pretty relaxed too. Um, I still like. I love to still race on the road, but it's just a bit more an intense atmosphere. So sometimes it's nice to have that sort of more relaxed um, feel to it. Yep, yep, yeah. And and like I've um, looked over a, a bit of a list of your achievements, your running achievements, um, and I'll, I'd like to. Um, take a moment just to just to go over some of them. So, and, and you've already mentioned a few of those. So, the in 2016, yeah, the um, UTA 22 kilometers, so the um, Ultra Trail Australia 22 kilometer, you won that um, along with the Surf Coast Century. Then in 2017, you backed up again with the Surf Coast Century 50 kilometer and won that. Um, you've competed in 2018 in the Dubai Marathon. The, came third at the behind the rock 50 miler in Utah. So you've traveled around quite a bit. Um, then you won your first six foot track marathon in 2018 and then backed that up with a 2019 win. And then also won the UTA 2019. You're after, the day after, I believe, your park run PB of 1648 in 2019. You won the two base trail run. Yes, yeah. Yep. Um, funny story but yep <laughs> yeah well, what's the funny story there oh no we were going down and with me and my partner James had stayed at Lake's entrance done the park run I'd felt amazing like you know it was a bit of a hit out beforehand then we went up to Mount Borbore just because we had mountain bikes we thought it'd be a good idea to ride the mountain bikes and I ended up going over the handlebars oh. and I land I crunched my ribs so badly and that night I was like I just don't I Oh, I was in so much pain so I'd like I got through that event but I had to so like like my legs didn't limit it it was my my ribs and for like four weeks afterwards I was just you know not in in agony. so um but yeah I, I did manage to do that yeah that was, it a, was very hard though yeah that was a pretty impressive double um and then you also won the Canberra marathon in two hours 43 so your PB over the marathon and then you came, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then second at the uh, Tarawira, 102 kilometers. Um, so there you can see like such a, a, an extensive list of achievements. 
Um, sorry, just getting my breath back after reading through them all. Um, so I'm interested to know though, how does that make you feel reading through that sort of any, such an impressive list um, yeah, of, of achievements? Well, I um, <laughs> I think that um, I want to get my marathon much faster. I yep. look at that time and I'm like, oh, <laughs> need to go under 240. <laughs> but um, yep. no, I, I, um, I, I love like – you know, it just brings out lots of good memories, really. Just, yep. um, yep. I guess that's the biggest thing, like, with trail events, because I guess it's a little bit less about time. It's about the experience. And, like, mm. Sixwood Track is definitely my favourite um, Aussie race. And there's just, yeah, really good memories from um, from those two events. Um, and Tarawera was, yeah, that was um, a real magical time. So it was very, like, everything in one day. They call it, yeah. I'm doing, like, ultras, like, life in a day, and it's so true. <laughs> but there's so many good memories from that trip. And um, if for anyone who wants to do an ultra, um, I would definitely, like, New Zealand does an amazing job at putting on an amazing event. So yeah. Tarawera was very magical. So, yeah, just lots of good memories. <laughs> yeah, I think, like, I've seen a few photos of that Tarawera uh, marathon. It just looks like beautifully stunning like like brutally brutally stunning like um just yeah oh, and it's such it an impressive place to to venture to and experience yeah so what um yeah take us through that race if you could yeah it was um so i'd signed up because i'd broken my foot the year before um and it was sort of like my comeback that my sign that my body was like together mm. and it was could handle anything um so I went over with my mom, which was really cool. So she was my awesome. crew. Um, I had no idea really how to pace myself, but I just said, you know, just like my, I just, I like mantras. So I was like, you can do this all day. That was my little thing that I'd say to myself as I, um, as I, as I did the event. Um, and you just have to, you have to eat a lot and you got to eat early. So I am, um, and yeah, and enjoy the scenery. So the day before me and my mom had gone to quite a few of the eight, like spot so it was really nice actually in the event then when you come in close you're just like oh I recognize this for like we went past a waterfall and I was like oh I, I remember this from the day before and, <laughs> and seeing my mom at the checkpoints was like really exciting like you look forward to that <laughs> yeah I think um the first one was like 60 67k or something just before oh. one of the really big hills um but it was just like from 50k onwards you're just so excited because I'm like oh I can see mom but you're in the, to that point for like two seconds I'm like bye mom and I just keep going um and I always remember at the last one she was um I think that was maybe 10 k's to go and that point I was in second she's like do you want your sunglasses and I was like oh no I'm right she's like okay well then eat and keep running and I'm like (laughs) good advice really good advice at that point (laughs) and that's exactly what I did so um it was, and you finish in this redwood forest, which is, um, or just before the finish is the redwood forest, which is this amazing, like the trees are so massive and like New Zealand is just beautiful. So that was like really nice to be running through there knowing you're so close to the end. Then you pop out in a sulfur field, which feels like death because it's hot and it stinks. And yeah, but you're nearly there. So it's okay. But um, yeah, it's just yeah, so many emotions in one day. But um, I, it was, um, yeah, New Zealand, like it's very beautiful so definitely yep. recommend that um that event <laughs> yeah no it sounds like such a good good experience and your mum did well as a support person because i hear it like you've got to get on the buses and and get out to different spots like it's not that easy to get out um yeah. get out to those it's, to the to the sections where you can go to to hand out the foods and the drinks and stuff 
That's right. So she, um, we'd hired a little duty van and we were stuck because we were both quite little. So we're staying in that. And I just remember when we picked it up, the guy's like, yeah, just don't flip it on its lid, bro. And we're like, okay, <laughs> we won't do that. But um, no, she, she was, it was so funny. But um, no, in New Zealand, people are just so friendly as well. Yep. So that whole yep. experience was good. But yeah, she did so well. She, I was running near this other fella. So she actually got to know like, his crew quite well because they kept going to the spots at the same time yep, so yep. no i guess that that's um yes yes definitely um and yeah everyone's really friendly so i guess that's the one advantage of like new zealand and like american races they speak the language at least mm, so it's yeah. like european races are a bit harder yeah <laughs> but um because they don't speak your language yeah, but um <laughs> yeah and everyone's yeah yeah friendly in new zealand yeah so no it was um very good and so out of all those races what what would you say um which one meant the most to you uh probably at that yeah tarawera just because yep. it was i guess my my after i'd broken my foot mm. i'd come yep. back and i i had like held together yep. <laughs> nothing broke and i got second to courtney dalwater who's like pretty much the world's greatest um like ultra runner she's um pretty epic so um and she'd won western states and was like i'd had a really good year the year before so to be just i think i was only like less than 20 minutes which sounds like a lot but over 100k that's not true yeah exactly that's right Um, yeah behind her and i just learned so much in that event like at times you feel so like you're going so slowly but then you realize, well, I'm, I can't be going that slowly relatively. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it was, um, that was probably, yeah, and, yes, and just good memories from that time. Yeah. So, yeah, it was good. Yeah. And um, like some of those races are, that are um, read through it, like exceptionally tough races. Um, so with extremely harsh sort of conditions, you're looking at mountains, across deserts, through rivers. Um, but out of all of them, which which one would you – um rate as being the most challenging that you've competed in um probably i did this one recently the black canyon ultra in america and it was um it was because it was all on like hard like rocky trail so it was more i guess it was and it was really hot as well so it was quite hard but i also did one in zegama which the mountains i've never seen mountains like you're literally like climbing up them so yeah i'm not sure like i much prefer a running race so i guess the black canyon one i did was even though it was really hard on the body it suited me better well i like i'm just not good at hiking yeah so that was probably more challenging the really european races are renowned for being a lot more like of a like a mountaineering hiking style mm-hmm. and that's why they have the poles and stuff yep. while yep. american races are a lot more runnable and i guess that's sort of i I'm now sort of tending that way because I look at myself more of a runner than um uh, than a hiker. Yep. So um I find yeah they're they're the kind of races that I would be looking to do yeah yeah in the future. So yeah, that, um, <laughs> yes. So that like yeah, speaking of that Black um, Canyon Ultra, so it was yeah it was only a few months ago when we could race. Um, so that, that's just before COVID. Yeah, just, just before, before that really struck. <laughs> so, um, yes, yeah. But then, yeah, six months prior to that, to the to the gun going up there, you were diagnosed with two stress fractures in your pelvis. Um, yes. And this had followed also a break in your foot a year uh, prior. Um, so I would imagine that would have been a heartbreaking moment for you when, when you were diagnosed with with those stress fractures. Um, yeah. Can you share us with us sort of the emotions that you went through and, and the changes that you made to bounce back. So you've obviously bounced back 
quite strongly. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so what changes did you make to, to help with that? So I guess the first stress fracture, when I because I never really had an injury before at all, um, the, the one of the big factors I think was I, um, I had in, I think in the June, um, so I ended up having a fracture at the end of July, but in the June I had some blood tests um, mm. and I like had been running quite quite well and I had a blood test and my iron was like non-existent oh. even though I was taking iron supplements it was like four like, four. It was, like they're like how, <laughs> like how are you even getting yeah. around like how you and, and I just <laughs> I know and I just done the UTA 50 and all this stuff and I was like oh like I don't know but then they're like because it's so low we'll give you an infusion and then yep. you'll um you should feel amazing so I end <laughs> up having two infusions in June just because it was so low Wow. Um, and at the same yep. time, I got um, picked in a team to run in at the end of September. This it's called Sky Running yep. in Scotland. So I was like, oh, you know, this is great. Like I've got this overseas event that I can train for. And because I had all this iron, I just felt amazing. <laughs> I felt like superwoman. I was just uh, charging around. So I was, and I also did not have a coach. Yep. So that's a very dangerous combination. Yep. So I was running like, 180k a week and all this up and down because I was training for all these like um like I think I was doing over like 3,000 meters of up and down in a week wow. and like stupid stu- stu- things <laughs> um so then um eventually something and I just think that the rate of iron my body just couldn't like it adapted way way too fast yep. and then yep. that's how I ended up breaking my foot so after that I was like oh you know I've got to be a bit more sensible about my training and that kind of thing mm-hmm. um but then at the, nearly exactly the same time next year after racing or like looking again in hindsight through like, I think from January to July of 2019, I'd raced like 18 times. I'd done all these fifties. I'd like, I'd done way too many races and I was tired. And then, yeah, I just, I, I just kept pushing. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I had sort of set the goal of doing Western States the year after and, um, and then yeah, I remember doing one run and I don't know how I got through it, but yeah, a week later with thinking that I just strained my hip flex, I actually had yeah, two fractures in my um in my pelvis, mm-hmm. um, which was yes, very st- at the time I was like, How can I be so stupid again? Yep. <laughs> you know, I've I, like I'm I'm exactly the same spot as I was a year ago. Um and I thought that I'd done things much better. But then I um I actually went and like I consulted like a sports doctor and she said I should see um like a new like a nutritionist mm-hmm. um so I ended up seeing Kate Smythe um yep. was skyping like her because she's down um on the um surf coast of Victoria yep. yeah I've seen her and well, got some yeah yep. she's um, she's and I listened to her podcast on not to plug another podcast hidden athlete and yep. I was like mm. she just sounds like the right person to talk to yep um, oh, absolutely and so she was she was excellent so I got some further tests done and since then I've actually found out that I'm a celiac Mm. so one of the big things with um that is your basically you're inhibiting your absorption of things so I was like oh well maybe that's like a huge contributing factor so since I guess breaking my pelvis I like trans slowly like I had to have a certain amount of time I could still walk around Mm -hmm. but I didn't um I think I was maybe off running for six to eight weeks. I was quite lucky that it wasn't um, my sacrum, which is much longer. Mm, yeah. um, 
And then I went on to, yeah, pretty much a celiac diet. Um, and I also got a coach. So yep. I was like, you know, I've got to address all of these things. I actually got um, Julian. They, um, again, not to talk about another podcast, but <laughs> I believe he's on another yeah. podcast that I may have heard of. <laughs> um, so I consulted him because I'd heard of the stuff he's done with Ellie Pashley. And I thought that that was really, um, like, he's just really sensible. So I was like, okay, across, you know, so I've got a coach now. I've got something to hopefully look at my my body and my bones and um and yeah and hopefully this will be a better rebuild. Yep. So yeah, I set my goal at Western States, chose my event and um yeah, I'm actually really happy. I've actually I just had another blood test in the last week and my iron levels, which I haven't had tested since like I've become fit, are actually excellent. Oh, awesome. Like, yep. like I've, I've actually made, like I had an infusion when I found out, like when I, cause I was really anemic again, when I had my, um, when I, when I broke my pelvis, so I had an infusion, got it back up again. And I've actually managed to, despite training for a hundred K and doing lots of stuff, I've actually maintained my iron levels. Wow. So I was like, that's, like amazing <laughs> so I was um I was yeah I didn't expect it to like to like guess work that yep. way um so I was really I'm really stoked with that so I guess for sustainability that's really like it's much healthier not to have to have infusions mm, absolutely and so the fact that I've maintained that so I think that and having a coach to sort of guide my training yep. has been really really helpful so um just with the whole loading thing. I get a bit excited. I like to run too much. So <laughs> Julian was quite good at loading me appropriately to um to the event. So um yeah, I think those two things are definitely the probably the biggest factors of how I got to um I guess bounce back again and hopefully I don't want to go third time lucky. Yep. I don't want to July is a dangerous time. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yeah. nope, you know, I need to like two years in a row I've had a fracture in July. So I'm like, nope, I've got to be sensible and yes get through but yeah so black canyon was sort of like the icing on the cake to go over there and for the reason i did it was to get into this western states which is the um very famous um ultra marathon which is uh, it's 100 miles and it's um i can't even remember it's from score valley to auburn i think it is in california um and it's just, it used to be a horse race and then the guy decided to run it because his horse died or something. <laughs> but um, it's a pretty famous race and to get into it's really hard by a lottery. I think you've got a one in 28,000 chance wow. to get in. So I um, I went in the lottery and I was not lucky. So I was like, you know, but I trust my legs more than my luck. So I entered what's called a golden ticket race, which was this Black Canyon race. And I um, if you finished in the top, two like two you would automatically get in or if someone already had a ticket ahead of you um then the t- like the next two oh, like a roll down in. and yeah 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 so i think yeah as long as you're in the top like five overall so yeah i went over in february just before the big covid thing <laughs> Good timing, <laughs> um, and um i know it was just just in time and no other no other ticket races have gone yet so i was very lucky it was like the last one to get in and um, yeah, I got end up getting third um, in that race, and I literally got a chocolate golden oh. ticket into the um, into the event, which is hiding in. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't. No, it's hiding in my fridge because, like my um, my partner's daddy keeps on threatening to eat it, so I have to. Hide so they give it, it to you right at the end and of I'd... the race because I'd be like starving after after hundred k. <laughs> oh no! Trust me, like you don't feel like okay, eating. Like I, I'm just, 
after after 100k you feel quite and you probably Ill, had that so... many gels and stuff that you're like oh. <laughs> oh yeah in that event too i was so like nauseated at the end i was like i don't know if i want to be sick <laughs> or if i want to eat so yes it's very <laughs> yeah it's not very appealing at that time but it is very cool to have it but i i swear i'll never ever eat it i'll have to i want to frame it and do something with it but I'm not sure. I'll, to, yeah, it's a moment's hiding in the fridge. Yeah, yeah. I almost have to keep it under like some sort of cool conditions. <laughs> you don't want it going off. Because I'd worry it. Yeah, it probably melts. Yeah. So yeah, I'll have. I'll work out something. <laughs> so yeah, because I've um I've seen some of the photos from the Black Canyon Ultra. Like um so, so uh we're looking at oh, like picturing pit uh forests and desert uh, amongst the wild west of Arizona. Um, and in amongst those pictures, uh, I've seen pictures of you um, just with this sheer grit and determination, like where they say a picture tells a thousand words, like those photos of you from that race are, are amazing. Um, I hope you've printed a few out and, and put them in the pool room because, yeah, they're, they're very impressive. Um, so yeah, if you want to take us through sort of the experience, because I hear you've had a bit of a you had a bit of a ding dong battle with um, or along the journey itself. Yeah, it was um, it was definitely like when I first did my only other hundred was um Tarawera, and that was just get to the end. Like I had no expectation, nothing like that. Well, going into this, I was like, well, this is actually have to race a hundred kilometers, <laughs> which is um completely different. And the the girls' field is really stacked too, which is um, which I thought was exciting. Mm. So Camille Heron, who's the she's the current hundred mile world record holder, she was going to be in the race, but she already had a ticket, so. I wasn't too like fussed about her, but there's probably eight girls that were all like credentialed ultra runners that could um could do really well. One I'd raced before from New Zealand, Cecilia. So mm, yep. she we ended up running a lot of that um race together, which was good. And I actually stayed with a girl from the UK, Joe, who'd come over just for the event and yeah, the field the field, especially in the girls, is very stacked. So that was um it was exciting. Um but it did mean that oh everyone went out so fast. <laughs> like I think I ran through the and because it was all like on trails and it was um and the ground was like it was like hard, like harsh, like rocky trails. Yep. So you had to always watch your feet because I was like quite a few girls did have stacks. <laughs> but um I guess the first thirty K I reckon we averaged four forties. It was like and for a hundred K that's wow. like look at that and you're like that's that's yeah, big that's and it's flying down for 100K. Yes, I know. So, and it's net downhill and all, most of the downhill, I think it was 1,600 of climbing and 2,000 of descent and most of the descent was at the start. Yep. So, everyone goes out really fast. I think, yeah, through 30K, I was probably like in eighth or something because you're sort of in the two minds. You're like, I don't want to go out too hard, but at the same time, you don't want to be like, you know, in no man's land mm. either. So I sort of just tried to sit off the back of lots of the other girls and then slowly sort of chip away at it. The, um, but yeah, I think we, I th- I'm pretty sure I remember running through, yeah, 30K in about 440s through, and there was a major aid station there. And by that time, I then was able to pass a couple of and I think I was maybe in like fifth or so. And just and this whole time, just sort of like I've, I'm <laughs> – to the mattress <laughs> but um just been like you know you can do this all day race doesn't start yet you know you're just out for a jog like all these things to try to sort of keep like a keep a lid on it essentially mm. and um i think through 50k we averaged 459s which is 
again, ridiculous considering the terrain and everything. And by that time, I think I was in second or third. And I'd run quite a bit with um, Cecilia and Joe, which was really good because I knew both of them. And I could see Camille. She was sort of like, because it was desert, you could sort of see a little oh, quite, bit ahead, yep. like past the cacti. <laughs> so you can <laughs> sort of see, cacti. oh, yeah, she had, that's right. You can see her billowing hair in the, in the distance. Like, oh, okay. But I wasn't really too um, fussed about her. Um, I think at 66K, there was the um, – it was, I think it was called the Bumblebee Ranch <laughs> we came into. Um, but obviously everything's in miles, which has been annoying, mm. but whatever mileage that was that we came in. And by that point, I think there was four of us really close together. So that was um, nerve-wracking. And I guess you had to – I had to just tell myself, you know, remain calm. The race is just starting now. Like you've got to just, you know, stay consistent because I was thinking that a lot of people would have burnt their, you know, burnt their cookies mm. early yep. in, the, in the first half um and it, the biggest thing with all this is trying to take enough fuel on so at every aid station you're just trying to take as much food on as possible because like if there's plate like later on you, you're going to need that energy especially because you're not going to feel like mm. eating so the biggest problem i had was after i think 66k or that that aid station that's when the climbs start and i started out with i by this time i think i was maybe in second and i was like you know you just gotta be steady Steph, just be steady and we had a really nice long climb and i was feeling good but then just before the top i just started to feel so nauseated and sick i was like oh i've got so far to go and then um cecilia at that point went past me just before the top and i was like you know, this is like, this was the, the pivotal moment. I was like, you know, either I'm like, I've just got to hold on here. I'm like, don't care how crap I feel. I just have mm. to, I just have to look at Cecilia and I have to stay with her. So I had this um portable squishy cup in my hand and every time I'd feel nauseated, I'd just squeeze it really hard, but just tell myself, keep running, keep running, keep running. And then like the nausea would pass and you'd sort of feel okay. So when she went past, that was probably the biggest help was I just was like, no arguments. I had to hold on to her and I managed to. So then that was probably what mentally got me through the next probably 20K um, because you sort of get, yep. when you get tired, you get angry at the world, mm-hmm. like you get angry at the rocks, you get angry that it's like, you know, tricky or that you nearly trip over like <laughs> And you're just like, oh, sign of low blood sugar. And then you try to eat something. Oh, then you feel sick. <laughs> then you feel okay. So you're, you're literally like riding yeah. a coaster of feelings and emotions. Um, but I was so lucky that I held on to Cecilia probably the next 20K. Then she got away when I was feeling quite crook. But I was still, I'd still managed, like I hadn't walked, like I hadn't hiked at all. I was still running. Um, and then through the next aid station, I just I ate so much so much potato. That's you eat an aid station. It's a winner and it's salty. So it's How really were they cooked? They were like not, what's the word? Like they were sort of like boiled and salty, mm, okay. I guess yep, you'd yep. call it. So they weren't not like or something. crispy. But <laughs> That'd be hard yeah, to. Yeah, they were, like some of them were a little bit roasted, but enough so you could sort of eat them and not have to try too hard. <laughs> Um, but, um, yeah, so then I actually caught her again with about 10 k to go and I was then back in second oh. and I was like, like, and I, and I was feeling amazing, like relatively. And I was like, potatoes oh. and, like, and she was like, oh, that's right. She was like, oh, I feel so sick. And I'm like, you know, like I really wanted both of us to get through. So I was like, you know, we're nearly there, like keep going. 
and then I died this time. <laughs> and she went past again with about, oh, I think maybe seven oh, grades so to go. Close. Yeah. And at that point, I was like, not in a good way. I hiked up a hill and I was like, this, you know, again, you sort of like line in, line in the sand. This is not, not good. <laughs> um, but I got to the top of a hill, like just, it was barely a hill, it was probably just a slight incline. <laughs> and I was like, no matter what, I have to run on the other side. So, I managed what was like a little shuffle <laughs> and then I was on my way again and I got to the final aid station and I realized my watch was going to measure long which got me annoyed but that was okay yep. it said 3.2 miles yeah. to go and you're like trying to work out oh I think that's about 5k <laughs> and I'm like no matter what I've got like you want that ticket just keep running so I was running scared that last 5k but oh when I saw that finish line, it was yep. it was up a slight hill too, which was a bit distressing at the time. But I was like, "No, nope, Steph, you baby. Yeah. <laughs> so the relief was so so good at the end. But yeah, you just literally, I think, to run ultras, you just know that you're going to die many yep. times yep. in the second half. Well, I certainly do. Um, but it's just been out. I always talk about rallying. You just got to be able to rally through those tough points yep. and. Yeah, it was definitely the highlight I've ever had of the. I've never felt so much relief crossing that finish line, and yes, finally earning a golden ticket. So you feel like, yeah, you feel like death, and you feel like you're gonna die, but at the same time, you're so happy. So your body's confused (laughs) because you'd be yeah feeling that reward for the effort of getting that golden ticket. So, um, and then yeah, like you're saying, like that rallying sounds like you've had to rally like. I don't know, over 100 kilometres, quite, I don't know, 20 times or something at different stages. I think so, yes. And I think that's, and that applies, I think, for like a marathon Mm. and or even a 50K and all those things. It's know that you never feel great the whole way. It's you've got to rally through those tough points. So I think I was, the biggest thing mentally I did before was I like, no, told what I would tell myself when I when I, when you feel mm. crap because I'm like when you feel good you don't think about anything you just run it's about what you tell yourself when you feel crap yeah. so that's um that's my biggest advice to anyone going yeah that's along. good that's good <laughs> um and then so that both those girls ahead of you have at least ten years um on you so they're ten years older so does this give you a feeling feeling of like there's quite a bit more room for improvement in in those sort of distances. Oh, definitely. I think across every distance, like look at Sinead and Lisa Waitman and there's so many um, signs that, you know, like especially like women seem to get like good Mm, with age. So I'm only 28. So um, like I'm (laughs) (laughs) I'm experimenting with the long stuff at the moment, but then I would love to come back and see how fast I can go. So I think, um, yeah, I just, I just like to run. So whether it be on trails or road, I am, yeah, excited to just keep pushing the boundaries and, yep. you know, see, um, see how, how far and fast. We yeah. Can cause, go. <laughs> cause like reading through that list of, um, achievements of yours, like there are, uh, or there is a bit of a splash of, um, time on the roads that you've had outside of trail racing. So, um, and also even in 2017, you were the second female in the Australian half marathon championships on the Sunshine Coast. And even, um, when Zaka heard that I was going to mention this race, he wanted to, uh, also note that he was in that race too. And, um, and same with Sammy McLean, another run to BB coach. Um, so yeah. Yeah. So both those guys are in that, in that race. Um, and then, yeah, in 2019, you won the Canberra marathon and obviously in two hours, 43 and, 
and that's not known for it being such a fast course. And you've already mentioned, yeah, that um, you'd really like to go under under two forty and going by that run and and, all, and yeah. all the other runs. It's definitely definitely something that I think that you'd I'd, I'd imagine you'd be targeting in the future. Definitely. So especially that marathon in um, Canberra. So I'd done like a fifty k, I think, two weeks before, and then a fifty k two weeks before that. So I definitely was that was back in the time when Steph would just run a lot and not, you know, like what's what's yep. like so I definitely um would love to explore going a bit quick. And I and that's my goal I guess this year now that um Western States is put back to um twenty twenty one is to um do a speedy mm. marathon. So I love all the chat about the fact we'll have to race probably domestically and the good girls will be racing um domestically later yeah. in the year so i really hope that by you know whether it be melbourne marathon or something like that it would be awesome to um just to be on the start line with those you know those quick girls like ellie Sinead, mm. um, lisa jess and just you know have a good crack and see them um, obviously they're going to be minutes and like many many minutes head up the road but i think we're at sort of a good time for women's running at the moment. And I think excellence is like, um, like it's progression is like yep. contagious. And I think that just being that's going to drag like you to a good performance. So yeah, I'm very excited to run here. Yeah, another marathon. Now I'll probably. Be okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's um, something to look forward to. Um, and then what about the, um, so obviously you represented Australia in the World Trail Championships in 2019 in Portugal. Um, and sort of what sort of things did you do specifically to prepare for that race um, and how did you go? Oh, that was so hard, that <laughs> event. So European racing is just crazy. It's like the Tour de France, but just for trail running and uh i definitely um i i prepared from like a speed point of view so i think from like being like my natural running speed i was probably comparable to um like quite a few of the other girls but uh the technicality of the trail is i was definitely (laughs) unprepared for so um just like some of the places you're running and you're in a like a congo line of people and you can't slow down or stop and it's just the most gnarliest track to run down. So uh, European racing is scary. So that was – it was an amazing experience over in Portugal. And, the like, the people I met and a whole thing of just, yeah, representing Australia was pretty awesome. But, oh, uh, that – the trails over there are just yeah, – <laughs> So it's not really my cup of tea. But, um, and it was great to go over there and just sort of learn that as well. Um, but, yeah, it was – um. The track in Portugal, like, there's definitely bits where you're climbing, like, you know, using your hands to, like, Whoa. pull yourself up on things. And, yeah, it was – um, and the amount of times I nearly thought, like, people – so many people stacked in the race and, like, came in with pretty <laughs> – like, lots of skin off. And Gnarly. I can see why because it's just – yeah, no. Like, you're just like, how did people actually run this? And the good European guys, it's, like, magic watching them just float down the trails. It's um, definitely a skill I don't have. I'm very uncovered. <laughs> So um, uh, definitely looking now in hindsight, I'd say I would, I was not prepared for that, and I would definitely um do a lot more specific. Like I don't show how you'd even train for yep. that kind of thing. We just don't have the trails like that here. Maybe in like Tassie mm, or yep. the Blue Mountains, yep. you'd have to go. But um, yeah, it's pretty um. It's pretty <laughs> yeah, I fell over um <laughs> just running down a, a bitumen road the other day. Thought I'd be terrible at that. <laughs> 
I know. I, I follow my face yeah, nails. So like, I'm like, oh, man, this is not, like, not good for an yep. person. <laughs> um, and actually, earlier this year, I was um, up in Tamworth. For, and you've already mentioned Tamworth. I was up there for uh, one of my niece's weddings. Um, and, you know, as you do when you go into a new place, you look and see if they've got a, they've got a park run available to have a hit out at. Um, and sure enough, Tamworth do. And I had a bit of a geezer at the uh, website for the Tamworth Park one. And turns out that you've got the female course record um, that's been held since 2014. So that must have been the year. Uh, I yeah, so I was wondering, <laughs> is that why you were up in Tamworth for, for uni? Yeah, so I am. Um, yeah, so we were based there for our final year. We did all our placements out of um like all my hospital rotations was through like that area. So I went out to Moree where we actually lived in Tamworth pretty much all of winter. So um, I think Parkrun nearly launched when I was there. Like it was very close. Like I know Armadale Parkrun definitely launched when I um, when I was based up there because it's about an hour and a half up the road. So I drove up for its launch. Oh, right. I do remember because a fella, it was the middle of winter. It was like, negative something and a fella did it in a spider-man As suit which is which i and he never took his mask off so i never they even looked like got to actually see what he looked like but um no that was yeah that's why i was up there so and because i'm from newcastle i've done most of the um and i was like went to newcastle yeah. uni i've done quite a few of the ones in that region of run like they call themselves the region of runners so my home one used to be lake mac but i think i've done a lot more now at marimbula now that i've been here yep. a couple of years yep. so I, I, I do love park it's um it's, a, it's such a great initiative and a great community to be a part of so, and very much looking forward to park run when it um you know yeah comes absolutely back. yeah it's a, it's a great initiative you're right and it's gotten so many people into into running and, and the enjoyment that it that it has um and speaking of enjoyment, um, I couldn't help but mention, uh, and it's got a bit of a link to Run to PB, uh, something that you, I'm sure you enjoyed was your first ever beer slash cruise mile. <laughs> so how did this one um, come about? Oh, dear. Yeah, okay. So <laughs> I had a bet with my partner because um, he used to be very fit that um, if he broke 20 minutes at, park run that I would do um or yeah broke 20 minutes of 5k that I'd do a beer mile and so then um because he'd gone like he'd done too many like events and was very unfit so then I signed him up for run to pb and he was got coached by Zach <laughs> and then he goes ahead and he like he doesn't like he does like his beer James so he <laughs> um, doesn't change anything still drinks the same and but just does running. the running loses 10 kilos and does like a 19 something <laughs> park <laughs> uh, so and he's a good beer miler and like he's done i think six six twenty or something on our little track around That's here good going. So he's um he's he is very good and i was like oh god and i don't like i'm not a drinker <laughs> but i made this stupid bet so here i go and I was like, no, nah, I can't do beer. I'll do like cruises. <laughs> and I couldn't even do cruises. So, oh my God. I think I, I did one. I got it down all right. And then lap two, I managed to get it down, but it was not sitting well. And then lap three, I just, <laughs> I made a very disgraceful exit. <laughs> and I did not return. Oh, right, to right. So, Oh yeah. And I swore never again, like we try to do one with our run club, like unofficially. Um, 
every six months and James is like my one is always the, the winner. Um but after I and I usually just watch and film it and stuff, but oh it was it was I'd say that's my the hardest maybe that should be my hardest race I've ever done and my only <laughs> did it. <laughs> I don't think I'm going back. So can run, can't drink. Well what so, about um yeah. so James is um so he signed up again to run to PB just not not too long ago with with Dave. Yeah, I guess I. Yeah, I so was there another bet made though? That's what I'm interested <laughs> of. Ah, uh, no, I just um, I think, I think I was just trying to get him a bit more okay. motivated, yep. <laughs> and I think because we were going because we were meant to go to Cape York for a bit of a holiday in the middle of the year, and I think it was just a way to sort of like get him fit before we went. Yep. Um, and he just had got a little bit lazy. So I was like, I'll just like sneakily sign him up again. <laughs> um, so I did. And oh, he's good. loving it. He's back back into it, which is which is really good. Um, but no, no more BMI. Uh, just yet. Jeff. Just yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll have to start. As he says, I need to start training for the beer side of things. Uh, very good at that, like so. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, one time I think we should have a run to PB beer mile and he can be okay that sounds good i'm happy with that <laughs> that would be great to see <laughs> yep i'd like to see what zach would do over beer mile actually yeah, yeah it would be um, it's just it's so entertaining they, uh, to watch but not yeah. to participate in hey, yeah i have done actually one? done it i've done a couple yeah they're um they're a different I type of um, different type of event really <laughs> yes. makes me nervous yeah. just thinking about them completely <laughs> I know, I know, it makes me feel ill. <laughs> so, um, oh, yeah, so when you look at sort of the extreme races that you've, um, that you've competed in, um, and the, and the training that it must take to, um, be so successful at them. So what, where do you sort of draw your inspiration from? Um, and like, can you, can you even narrow it down to three people itself? Oh, that's tough. Um, I get inspired by like just by life, by people yep. I meet all the time. Um, so I guess uh, there's so many like little stories, I guess, that inspire me on a daily basis, whether it be your, you know, like an athlete that you're coaching mm. that does something. Like I had an athlete who did her first 100 and she was out there for like, 22 hours and I was just like well I know when I was running my 100k I'm like Steph you know think of how long mm, that they went yeah, through the point. night like you know man yep. up a little bit um and but I guess from a like a famous person point of view um I like all the marathon girls the Aussie girls at yep. the moment um really inspire me but I guess um Ross Egley is a fella that I really think is pretty cool he um swam around Great Britain I think a year and a half ago so he continually swam around the whole list of Great Britain and he is just, he had these little sayings he was, and he did it in such a cheerful way. He talks about um, cheerfulness in the face of adversity and he like had a lot of mantras to do with um like, like as from the Royal Marines about, you know, being able to perform at your best when you feel at your worst. And he's just, he's had a story on YouTube and it was just like, that was, just to see what he went through and his mentality, like I guess his mental approach to to it was so so positive mm. and it's like I guess I'm I really get contagious to like the energy around me. So I think that he had such positive energy and I think that that's I guess that's sort of what maybe what we're missing at the moment without because we have to be socially distant is we don't have that 
that little inspiration that you get from like interacting mm. with other people and seeing them, I guess, achieve their goals. So I get, I guess I'm lucky that I've got my online that I can still see people like in that virtual 5k um, from the other week, tick off so many boxes, but um, yeah, I guess any, all those like come from behind stories yep. always get yep. me. So it's, I say it's really hard yep. to know. Yeah. Cause yeah. speaking <laughs> of that sort of mindset sort of approach that you're talking about, then um, I, I came across one of the comments from one of your athletes who, and I'm not sure if it was the one who, who ran Tarawira, but this was her comment was Steph has really helped take my training to the next level and changed a lot of my mindset about my training. Uh, some specific goals we targeted were power hiking, working on increasing speed on my lower, on my slowest kilometer and working on time on feet as most of my race goals are ultras. So um, yeah, looking at that ultra marathon kind of um, races. So the positive mindset is, is so important. Um, and how then have you been, um trying to improve that with your athletes then has that helped like having those um yeah so one of the things i try to do with all my athletes is get them to write their race before they do it um um, and i sort of send out this little sheet and and i always get them to say what what are you going to tell yourself while things at the start line what are you going to tell yourself when things are going well um, what are you going to tell yourself when things are not going well, and and what and what is that that's going to get to get you through, or and then what actions do you take? Awesome. So, because I do that myself, and I find that really um really helpful. Um, so like I know when I was like feeling really nauseated <laughs> and sick, like you just got to keep it really simple. And just I was just like just run, 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 run. That's so I just told myself that in my head and. Like, and ride the wave is another one because I think that you always go through stages where you don't mm. feel so flash. So I'm like, ride the wave, ride the wave, ride the wave. <laughs> and then you get on the other side. So I think so much of it is about belief and we can achieve so much more than we, um, than sometimes we, like we set our limits um, and we don't think we can do ourselves, but you know, downing yourself doesn't help you get the, to the end. You got to you got to believe, and if <laughs> and if you can believe, you can um, you can make it happen. So I definitely try to, um, I guess, empower my athletes to to believe in what they've done as well. Like you can never go into a hundred k feeling prepared. Like you know, it's mm-hmm. so yep. far. Like, yep. <laughs> you, but you've just got to have faith that you're yep. going to make it. So I think that um, I do try to and do sessions that that I guess empower them and like you want to like yeah. feel good like yeah and I'm very much a feel runner and I guess one of the things I do do the coaching is I try to go never by I don't like to set paces mm-hmm. I always go you know like just by feel like you know this is yep. 5k effort but don't look at your watch this is you know this is 10k effort or it's just be like you know if you're you know running a half marathon that's the effort don't worry about what the clock says you've you could have had a really big you know tiring day and you're not going to run as fast but doesn't mean you're not putting in the effort so definitely yeah try to be a feel kind of person and so yeah having well like having your expertise um in in terms of being a physio and a runner um and the knowledge of game over the years you're like moving to that coaching space i'm I'm sure that's yeah there's a, a lot of things that you can um, use to help your athletes and, and that's obviously um, coming out and have you how have you found that going there and I've seen firsthand the interactions you've had with the athletes and it's the the results and the kudos you've been getting um, from their experience themselves has been has been awesome so yeah how have you found 
um, the, the experience. I um I do I really do love coaching. It's um it's so nice for someone to sit to come to you and and want to learn and then want to get better and then trying to set something so that it happens. And the mm, thing is, it's all there. Exactly. Like there's who yep. wants to do the hard work? You're just trying to refine things a little bit and like you know tweak things a little bit. Some I always try to um tell like like especially in the ultra thing. Like people ask lots of questions about like food and nutrition um, mm. and shoes and like all the different things. So I just try to go, I mean, I'm not an expert, but I can just try to provide mm. some information. And the biggest thing I try to yeah, empower them is the belief that they, that they can do it as well. So I am, um, and the, I guess I just want to, like I love to run and I'm just getting excited that people have, have found that as well and that they want some guidance to, I guess, maximize that as much as possible. So mm. There's like nothing better, like when you um like tracking some of my athletes that were in Tarawera <laughs> like through yep. the night and then they got yep. there and oh that's um that's been really exciting and just little and the little PVs they do and like at the moment the ones that are um that are like they did the five k um hit out and how close they went to like their personal best before they they'd never done a five k before and this was the first time that they like had a go at it so. I think then um, it's really nice to interact. I wish I could do more face-to-face yep. interactions. I guess that's, I really like to, um, I, tell, I, I don't mind to talk. <laughs> so, and I really get a lot out of talking to them. And sometimes I think that's lost um, or you have to sort of, um, it's hard, it's a bit harder mm. online, but I think then um, trying to yeah maximize that community as much as possible is really nice and i guess that's what's really cool about the podcast like i love the last one listening to um yep. was it laura who did her 5 oh, yeah Sorry, that was that was yep. awesome i was like lauren blow and it was an l um and i was like that was such a great story so i'm really excited for some of my athletes to hopefully come on in the future and yeah absolutely that's the thing about it like there's so many different stories going around that that are, I'm sure will be motivating, inspiring to, to many others. Um, yeah, and so that's what absolutely yeah, yeah. keen on that. Definitely. And even like your, like as you say, like a, a online online approach and, you, and you'd like to have a bit more face-to-face, but like you've um, tried to make up that with your group emails that you send out um, every week to your athletes and you've started that <laughs> the start of this year. Um yeah, and yeah that, like reading through those. So what do you include in those emails themselves? So I'm a bit of a, I do like my <laughs> podcast. So I just try to send out, um, each, I just like a bit of a general, I like hello to everyone. And then I try to recommend podcasts that I might've listened to in the past week um, that I've just found really good or that I've listened to like in the past that I've like learned a lot out of. So like this last week, I think I put like seven or eight of them down because there's been a lot of podcasting because of the, yep. the social yep. distancing mm-hmm. thing. So um, then I also try to put like a YouTube clip, like of something either inspiring or just something that I've watched. Like it might be stuff from previous runners, like like some of the like the Aussie runners mm-hmm. around here. Um, put that on there. A quote of the week. <laughs> Um, and then sometimes I do a, like a, a weekly challenge too. That's probably not as common. Um, and there's never like a challenge. Like one of them, I listened to a podcast about trying to eat 40 different types of food in a week, like to try to like get, like get lots yep. of color, like as in like try to have like spinach and kale and 
lettuce and tomato. Like, as in, like, try to mix up, like, the variety yep. of food that you eat. Um, and I was like, well, that's a really, like, you know, cool thing to try. So, and, um, yeah, so I try to do that as well. But, yeah, I just try to spread. Like, I'm always trying to learn. Like, I love, like, Sweat Elite is, like, mm. a website that I go on quite a bit. And it talks all about the training philosophies of people. And I'd always, I'm always, i always trying yep. to learn stuff. So I try to then, I guess, spread the knowledge. Or um, I listen to a really good podcast um, about like like women's health and hormones by um, Dr. Mm-hmm. Stacey Sims, which is really, I think is really relevant to like all, like especially female runners about trying to like manage your hormones and stuff. And I'm like, like, I don't know this stuff, but you listen to this and then that can then help you yep. help yourself. Absolutely. So, yeah, no. Yeah, um, I think that's it. Really so good. important <laughs> as a coach to be constantly learning. Like, um, I know in the, in the teaching space, we look at lifelong learners, and that's what pretty much we are. And then trying to help out, um, sort of from the experience that we've gained to and bringing that into the coaching world and, and helping out our athletes. So, yeah, I think that's such an awesome thing that you've got going there. Um, and also. I've had a bit of a look over your Strava and at the moment I would say it's exceptionally healthy. Um, and especially given that uh, COVID-19 crisis um, where we're cancelling all the races. So what have you done that's helped stay you, um, helped you stay motivated and getting out the door? So if anything, I need to um, make it not too healthy and I need, and Julian's trying to like reel yep. me back in a little bit. <laughs> um so I, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm always sort of motivated to run. Like I live mm, in a gorgeous area. I um, I, I feel, I feel good when I run. Like I know some people haven't, like aren't, like what's just when they first start running, it's really hard. But I actually, like I do, like I love, I love to run. I like getting outside in the fresh air. Um, and I, and I like to push myself. Like I do like sessions as well and trying really hard and trying to do a little bit better. So even though my event which was I was going to be preparing for Western States is yep. now next year. I, um, I'm just, I guess Julian's approach is to try to make me as well-rounded as possible so that I can go like, depending on when events happen that I'm, you know, I can start to prepare for something. I think mm. probably a marathon will be next. So at the moment I'm just sort of enjoying um, like every Sunday I'm trying to go somewhere new, like, cause normally as a group you sort of meet and you always sort of go the same track. So I'm like, Oh no, I'm going to try to go like, somewhere yeah, like completely yeah. different um, and I do big um, like and explore a bit like take photos that kind of thing um, but no I'm more I guess I'm always motivated to run and I remember being injured like when I came back I was just so happy to be back running again and I think it's one of those things that it's it's probably I want to be a lifelong runner and it's yeah it's not a chore at the moment and like I'm still like I'm fortunate mm. I can still work so it's a nice balance around work as well and um and you actually do see people when you're out running like like from afar <laughs> so you can still wave at them and things so um, that's nice social interactions so yeah I am um, yeah motivated it's probably just yep. not overdoing that that I need to um <laughs> and yes <laughs> speaking of your work I when I was doing a bit of research I um came across something that you had written um and it really jumped out of out at me and sort of um I thought it might serve as some of your purpose for your work um in the hospital and the coaching so and I'll quote here uh I also think running and exercise is a vital part of physical emotional and mental health 
And I'm very fortunate to be able to prescribe and inspire this as my role as a full-time physiotherapist at Southeast Regional Hospital in Bega. So what does your role entail at the hospital? And um, how has this changed with the onset of COVID-19? Yeah, so I'm. I feel like very fortunate to be um to be a physio. So I guess our medicine we prescribe is mm-hmm. exercise, which is um which is a good thing. Um, so emotion is lotion. So I think like normally I am um, work in a rehab setting. So I do both like like this called in reach rehab. So I see like like a little old lady might fall over and break her hip. So then we go see her and we start her like get her walking again and try to get her to the point where she can go home again. Um, and I also do outpatient rehab. So we're on exercise groups of people who might have like a condition like Parkinson's or MS or all those different kind of um, conditions in the, um, in the area. And it's really like rehab's really rewarding because just sort of like run to PB and all those things, you set goals and you work towards achieving them. And then when they do achieve them and they improve so much, it's, um, mm. it's very rewarding. Um, with the, um, the current climate, <laughs> things have changed a little bit. Um, so with the COVID um, I guess mm. pandemic that's um, coming out, our hospital, I guess, is preparing for um, if we did get cases in the area. So we've been really fortunate in the Bega Valley that we have had very few cases and none of them have needed hospitalisation yet. But this, because we're preparing if, in case it does get to the state, like um, unfortunately for Italy and America's at, we're learning how to, I guess, best manage these patients. So we're learning a lot about um, people in ICU and how to they call that proning a patient so if someone's ventilated you have to flip them over and lie them on their Mm. tummy because that's the best way to manage them and it's a like it's about six people to be able to roll someone and not just the various things with them um, that they have um, attached to them so like we do lots of training on that and um yeah like i think if we do get the i guess the um the pandemic to the to the stages that they're they're fearful of we'll do a lot of i guess rehab of people that um once they get off Mm. the ventilator and they're better and we're hoping that we're preventing it so um we're very lucky that i think australia's done really well at trying to um yeah um eliminate the spread and i think the best thing is to stop people Mm. getting it so um I guess a big part of my role has been learning about how to manage them acutely, but also reaching out to my clients in the community that are like, they're quite vulnerable. Like they've got like multiple health conditions and just talking to them about what they can be doing to stay well and how they can keep, I guess, active, but safe at home and, trying to um i guess make sure that they're as well supported as possible so roles changed quite a lot in the last um six weeks um but and at the moment we're very lucky that things have are, are, are looking good for australia mm, at yeah. the moment so i just hope that that um that that continues but um yeah every day is, is new so we did rolling a patient with yeah that's completely intubated today so that was that was fun <laughs> i don't think we killed them that's they were right. done, so it was okay um, but um but yeah so i find my job really rewarding and um i do i don't work full-time anymore i've sort of dropped my hours a bit um because i want to do a recover a bit more from the running but um 
yeah, I do really like my role in the hospital and working yep. in um, rehab. So looking forward to getting back to that once mm. everything settles yeah, down. Yeah, no, it must be quite a rewarding <laughs> job um, that you do. And, yeah, hopefully uh, the um, not too many cases um, up at your hospital so that you don't have to uh, use what you want. Yeah, wash your hands. Wash your hands. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but you're there just in that's case. Right. Um, yeah, things don't go well, so it's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, yeah what, we'd like, what we like to do is sort of finish on a bit of a hypothetical question um, for you. So being um, a, an ultra, um, having such good results over the ultra distance, I think this one suits you quite well. Um, so how long do you think you could last if you had to run three kilometres every hour and you got $300 for every day that you did this. Oh, this is like the big oh, backyard okay. ultra. <laughs> um, well, there's an event that's like that. And they said they have to run 6.8 oh. kilometers every hour. And I think the, and they do it, they've just actually done it virtually. And you, so it's far enough that you don't get much time to rest, but short enough, like, oh. like that annoying distance. And I think, the record 60 mm. hours is the record. <laughs> it's appeal. I would like to do it one day. Um, but I think, uh, I reckon I do. The problem is I need sleep, but if it's three kilometers, uh, I reckon I could go for two. Two days. Maybe. <laughs> I could try. So you got 600 bucks. <laughs> yeah. I reckon. Yeah. I was in like, you know, you mean you have to do three Ks at like yep. 12 o'clock, one yep. o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I reckon I'd, yeah, then I'd run out of okay, I, I need my yep. sleep too much. I reckon, I reckon I could try it. But yeah, look up the big backyard ultra. Right. That's a, that's a thing. And that's in, in, yep. insane what they do there. It's from the fellow who invented uh, the bathroom. Yeah. That's on Netflix, so isn't it? Look up that too. So mm, yeah, it's the, the race that eats its yep. young. It's yep. pretty gnarly. And then it's not appealing yep. to me because yeah. it's like, <laughs> I would get lost. <laughs> uh, yep. But yep. yeah, I'd say two days. <laughs> All right. So thanks so much for giving up um, the time to do the interview, Steph. Um, and I'm sure that everyone will have uh, got some extremely useful information and, and enjoyed you sharing your stories. And, and thanks so much for that. Um, now, if people would like to follow your progress, where would they be able to go to? I'm on mm-hmm. um, Strava, um, just yep. Steph Austin. <laughs> I live, I live, I yep. live in Maroonville. <laughs> so if you wanted to see where yeah, I am. Yeah, find like, a few CRs around there. And, uh, <laughs> you'll be up the top. Yep. That's right. That's right. And if you're ever visiting, please send me a message because I love to run with everyone, like anyone who visits the area. Um, and I'm on Instagram too, and I think it's just okay. Steph.Austin. Um or Steph underscore Austin, one of, one of those. I don't okay. use it that often, but I try to always share, like, one of my athletes today. I'm going to – she did, like, 220 wow. days in the past week, which is epic. So, um, yeah, I've shared that yep. as my story. Yep. <laughs> but I'm not – technology <laughs> is right. not my thing, but, yeah. But that's <laughs> um, so, yeah, really looking forward to continue to see to, to, to see you destroy some more races and um, uh, when they open up, obviously. And add to that – trophy cabinet in your newly um renovated house and new room 
<laughs> I think this goes like I just got yeah, that's right. that chocolate that's right. ticket. That's the most important. It's the most <laughs> valuable thing in the household. I'm like, even if the like the pandemic got really bad and we couldn't buy food, I'm like, chocolate <laughs> ticket goes last. No one's eating the <laughs> Nobody's ticket. Nobody's eating the ticket. Uh, that's awesome. <laughs> that's oh, right. thanks so much, Steph.